This podcast contains adult language. If you want a beeped version of this episode, it doesn't exist. Sorry. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to How to Survive Your Life or this week, How to Survive Your 30s. I'm Molly Merwin, and I'm joined as always by Daisy and Kaylee. This is the podcast that takes inspiration from life and tells you how to survive everything. And as I mentioned this week, we're doing your 30s. I think something that everybody can relate to, or you will soon. Trust me, it is coming. Ladies, how are you? How is your week? How are you surviving? You feel it felt a bit like the blob, you know, that little <laughs> B movie in Greece when they go to the drive in. It yeah. is coming for you. The blob of the 30s. Boom, I was boom, I boom. was thinking more like Game of Thrones, like winter is coming, your thirties are coming. Whether they're here or not, I don't know. But that's fun. They will come. It's nice to terrify yeah. our younger listeners. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're being realistic for them. It's not terrifying. It's being honest (laughs) (laughs) but to answer your question I'm okay and I say okay because yesterday was a bit I had a bit of an emotional day but like I think looking at emotional days as just this like I laugh a lot so I have to cry a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's balance. It's all about it's balance. balance. It's a balance. And you know, yeah, if I totally. didn't laugh a lot, I wouldn't cry a lot. So uh, I just have to work that out. So I was doing my Frida Kahlo puzzle, which oh is what God. Molly got me for my birthday. And let me tell you, it is fucking difficult. So in one episode of this, I had <laughs> do jigsaw puzzles as a recommendation. And I said, start with the edges honestly I can't find one of the edges for this <gasps> puzzle I can't find it anywhere and it's gonna oh, pop no. up at some point but I've okay. got like a disjointed edge but yesterday I was feeling so emotional I was like right do the puzzle because it's really good mindfulness for me yeah and I do see puzzling as like a way to get it really has a what it's a wonderful process for me so I sat down and I can't even do a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, like getting so sad that I couldn't find the right pieces for the jigsaw puzzle. And then after half an hour of sitting there looking for pieces, I got one. And I was <laughs> I was like, it's okay. See, you can find a little piece. And so then I did that piece. And then another half an hour later, I found another piece. And then I found three in one. So it was a good day in the end. Kaylee, I don't know if you're really selling jigsaws so much. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> but... I appreciate your meditation and your mindfulness. So I will, I will, I will give you a point for that, but not a point, oh, point, a point. Oh, not okay. a point, point, but you oh. know, oh. I'll, I'll do a nod. I'll give you a nod. How about that? Oh, so we're talking about points and we're talking about point points and we're talking about point, 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 points. point, point, points, points. I'll give you a nod. You got one nod from the judge. Daisy, how are you? How are you surviving? I'm good. Nothing very exciting to report because, you know, lockdown three, probably the worst one yet. Very boring. Although I did actually try to do a Christmas jigsaw puzzle. And you're like, why Christmas? Like, it's not Christmas. But it's because my mum bought me it for Christmas. And then I thought I should probably try and do this. Do you know what? They're actually really hard. Like, I always, I thought it'd be fun because when you're a kid, it's just like puzzle, puzzle, puzzle. Then you've got a dinosaur. Not anymore. It has like something like 5,000 pieces. I gave up. Like literally it was like one hour and then I was like, nope, not bothered. I can see the picture (laughs) on the box. (laughs) Can I? But can I tell you that you don't just finish a jigsaw puzzle in a day. I love that you just spent an hour on it and you're like, nah, I've finished it, I'm done. It's like it takes like a month. Yeah, and I understand that, but I just can't, (laughs) I can't get into it enough to give that amount of time to it. I Because I realised after an hour it would take that long and I thought, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, on that actually, what reminds me of, I went to look at a house on Sunday and um, they were like, we kind of need you to move in immediately. And I just said to them, oh, I can't because I haven't finished my jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? They looked at me and went, what? And I was like, they were like never mind. <laughs> they were like, never mind. Like, we take it back. We don't need like, you immediately. Yeah. Forever. 
So funny. I I actually inspired by this. This is a sign you're in your 30s. The three of us are talking about jigsaw puzzles. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I actually have two jigsaw puzzles in my Amazon cart that I need to buy, and one I'm really excited about because it's a it's this beautiful lion, and the pieces are in the shapes of different animals. Oh, are you going to get that one? I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a jigsaw swap afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where we're at in our lives. How is that going to work? We can mail each other. Mm -hmm. But I don't want the Frida Kahlo one. I know I gave it to you. <laughs> no, but it sounds <laughs> too hard. Molly, it is so hard. I will send you a picture of how far I'm I've got. I'm so sorry. Time. But can I just say on that, I cycled past the park we met in for the flower that time. So maybe yeah. we can do a jigsaw puzzle swap in the same there park. There you go. But actually on that, just one more thing. I've got yeah. my bike fixed on Saturday and I went to Paradise Cycles. I just want to say a shout out to them. They're the best bike shop in London. They're amazing. Why? They are just incredible. <laughs> um, Molly, that why? is why. Sorry, Molly, why did you ask that in such an aggressive way? Like you're from a competing <laughs> bike shop. Like why? Why, Kaylee? <laughs> no, it's just because I've, I've gone to some shit by bike shop so oh. i kind of like why i want to know because I, that being said i've gone to some really nice bike shop halford told me to throw my bike in the bin and buy a new one from them wow i was like Look, i've had my yeah my bike for 15 years i love it i Aww. and then i went to paradise cycles and i just said like oh i don't know like it's apparently like unusable and they looked at it and went this is a great bike if you Aww. should not be chucking this away that's halford's doing a sale pitch yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Gosh. We're on to you, Halfords. <laughs> and how how mean. And so they refurbed it for I think I paid I paid like a hundred and something for it last year at the beginning of lockdown. And then I did another hundred this time. And it just yeah. means that I can just keep having my lovely bike and, oh, yeah. and it's getting upcycled. Oh, yeah. fun. Um each time. <laughs> well, any every bike, no matter if it's a brand new bike, you always have to, you know, maintenance every year. So yeah, you might as well yeah. do it on one you love. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, as we progress through the years, today we are surviving your 30s, something the three of us can definitely, for once, I think the three of us are experts on this one, on surviving <laughs> our 30s. This one, I think, unanimously, as you know, every week, Daisy and Kaylee bring three top tips on a chosen subject to help you to survive. This week, it is as I said, your 30s. And they present them through three separate rounds. And I, as judge, decide which tip I like best. And I give points accordingly. I may give extra points. I may get, take points away. I may decide not to give any points and give them to myself instead. It's happened. <laughs> or to Luna, my cat, or to someone's mom, maybe even Ben, Daisy's husband. <laughs> but you might even give out nods today, right? Uh, hey, I've introduced nods. And so far, Kaylee has a nod. One nod, but that doesn't mean anything as far as the game goes. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, friend. That being said, Kaylee won last week, which we did How to Survive Mars. And so, Kaylee, you will begin. What is your first top tip for surviving your 30s? Okay, so how to survive the 30s. I was already one tip deep when I realized it was age, not era. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, I want to pause you there. Why would you think we want you to survive the 30s? Also, was it the 2030s or the 1930s? the 1930s okay so you thought we were gonna do a comedy podcast on the depression on how to survive the depression right. that was I, out of curiosity or maybe you're about to get to this what a, what would have been your first top tip for surviving well, i'm the gonna depression? do it anyway because i'm one sure. amazing so right. this is a top tip for all of the time travelers out there right i think we have a few of those who next stop going to the 1930s the 1930s was the golden age of hollywood so yeah, so while it was also the Great Depression, it's also the golden age of Hollywood. But I would say if you are going to go time traveling, just try and avoid like specific parts of the Great Depression. But you could still definitely stop by an audition for The Wizard of Oz. So while you're in your time capsule, you can be practicing your cowardly lion 
or your scarecrow impressions. But yeah, no, the, the Great Depression was defined. I looked it up as a time when people cut back on spending on clothes, household items and cars. Isn't that now? Well, basically, my life is the Great Depression. <laughs> I've never had a car, but I've got a license. I don't have any clothes that I buy since I find my clothes on walls or in bins. And buying household items. I bought a kettle about a month ago because our kettle was full of lime scale. I thought, I'll be a grown up. I'll buy a kettle. And then the day after that, my landlord said, oh, by the way, putting the hat flat on the market, you've got to move out. That'll be the last time I ever buy a household <laughs> item again. But you can take it with you. I can. But like I was it was the thing that I was going to buy a kettle to make it homely. And then oh. he put the home on the market. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. But I'm going to give you in my top tip when I recommend the time to travel back to in the 1930s. So I recommend going to February the 18th. Okay. And it is the International Aircraft Exposition. Mm. And it's possibly either be in the crowd at the exposition or be mates with Ellsworth W. Bruce, who was the first man to milk a cow in mid-flight. Who was the second? <laughs> No idea. No idea. I don't think it ever happened again. I didn't know such accolades actually existed, but they do. The cow that went into mid-flight was the first cow ever to fly in an aeroplane, not fly the aeroplane. I had to read that twice. So the cow is known as Elm Farm Ollie or Nellie J or Sky Queen. So the cow has three names. That's what you get when you go in a plane. She was an unusually productive cow like she had to be milked three times a day and she was just like gushing with milk (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so being in the crowd watching this cow in a plane flying over St. Louis in America would have been amazing because what happened is when they were milking the cow they were putting the milk in cartons and then parachuting them out of the plane so if you're in the crowd you could just get a little bit of carton of milk and just drink it there on the spot So that is the stuff of fairy tales, you know, (laughs) parachutes of milk. I mean, not vegan fairy tales, but, you know, your standard fairy tale. And yeah, I just think it's like there was this blog this guy Roger had written and he'd called the cow a pasteurized legend of the pasture. And I just felt like (laughs) I had to share the pasteurized legend of the pasture and say, so if you are time traveling, go to the 18th of Feb and catch some milk from Nelly the Sky Queen. Do you have a year for that? Because the 1930s. 1930. 1930 on the dot. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Daisy, thank you, Kaylee, for that <laughs> time travel tip. Daisy, your response. Um, I just don't know where to begin. I mean, firstly, I love the expression productive cow. It's also yes. nice to know that like cows parachuting out of planes. For me, that's more of a like an anxiety dream. I love that Kaylee's really sold this as like the dream do you mean like what people need in the modern world and also then gave the context that she herself is vegan and someone who cares hugely about animals until it's like (laughs) but let them just parachute out plates with a bit of a laugh can i just can i just correct you i wasn't saying the cow was parachuting out of the plane it was the milk that was like in carton yeah oh i actually misunderstood what you were saying i thought you meant because when you said the milk went everywhere I, in my head, because it was the 30s and people did mad things, I genuinely thought you meant they somehow got a big enough parachute that they were dropping a cow. I genuinely completely misunderstood. You no. mean just that he milks the cow in the air? and no, then in the plane, in the plane. In the plane. Then he, Which is obviously more sensible, sure. Daisy, than what you thought. So, right, I need to get my head around this. He milked the cow in the plane, then he took the milk and he parachuted that out to people. In little cartons. Little yeah. cartons. Oh, okay. I'm so... I thought when you said <laughs> little cartons, I thought you were being facetious. Like, that would be the ultimate dream as opposed to the cow just falling out of the sky. Now, Molly's laughing like I'm a moron for misunderstanding what <laughs> no, you said. No, not at all. I'm being very facetious. But... In the 30s, people did mad things. Like they had yes. mad pets like tigers yes. and monkeys. Like the aristocracy yeah. were obviously just like inbred and bored. They had this trend. And that's why, you know, when they say there's big cats in the UK, like in the Welsh mountains and stuff, 
the theory is, is that the aristocracy just let their animals go. And then some of them ended up, you know, hanging out. So I will admit that parachuting cows is a bit far-fetched. <laughs> I should have thought it through. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, Daisy, either way. But I love the fact that there's like all these cows in a plane. Planes weren't that big in the 1930s either. I know. So yeah. how they got all these cows in one plane being parachuted <laughs> out. That is the stuff of a very obscure legend. movie. Cartoon. <laughs> a cartoon. A cartoon of a carton. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Daisy. And Daisy, with that, what's your first top tip for surviving your 30s? Okay. My first, now, I didn't think that this was about the 1930s. So this is about being 30 plus as in the age. (laughs) My tip number one is don't be an ant, be a grasshopper. So Aesop's fables. So Aesop was an ancient Greek. And when I was a kid, my mum always used to read me Aesop's fables because my mum's Scottish and she likes her children to, you know, have fun reading, but also learn moral lessons. But there was a story that I is, you know, popular with children worldwide that I didn't like even when I was a kid. And then when I, I actually looked on Wikipedia for this, but I found that there was criticism of this story actually throughout history. And there was, I can't remember his name, but like a French writer who rewrote it because he agreed in what I'm about to say, which is, I I mean, he didn't say what I'm about to say. He, he said something a bit more academic. But I feel that the ant in the story was a bit of a judgmental dick because this is the story. <laughs> There's a grasshopper and some ants, right? Now, in the summertime, the grasshopper is just having a laugh, you know, playing on his fiddle. And everyone thinks he's great because he's keeping everyone happy, just like playing his fiddle, having a great time. Now, the ants, they're just working hard, preparing for the winter. And then when it comes to winter, this is the children's story. The grasshopper (laughs) comes to the ants and says, oh, no. I sorry, I, I wasn't preparing for winter. I just I had the fiddle. What do I do? And the ants are basically like, go fuck yourself. They don't help him. They just let him starve and freeze out in the cold. And the moral Aww. of the story was that you should prepare for the future. Now, here's my issue with that. <laughs> Firstly, I think we need grasshoppers. We need fiddle players in the world. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have any more context about the ant. Like maybe he wasn't a very good ant dad or maybe he was really (laughs) greedy. And maybe, I don't know, he embezzled some of his ant money. I just think we ought to look into his character a bit more. But also, (laughs) like how, how judgmental. And as someone who is like very much a grasshopper, like I spent my 20s just messing around and didn't think about the future or saving and obviously I'm not a great example because now I live in my mum's spare room (laughs) but I don't regret it even though I have friends that have you know got houses and mortgages and money I'm not bothered because I had a good time (laughs) but I know that in your 30s because people are hitting milestones like get married have a baby buy a house get promotion yeah like I know that I sound like I'm doing the Choose Life song, like from Trainspotting. I'm not recommending (laughs) drugs. I'm just saying that you're going to get this overwhelming feeling because I didn't question it in my 20s, but now in my 30s, I think, oh God, maybe I ought to like be more of an ant. But I think when I get to 40, whatever happens, you'll just look back and think, well, you know, I had quite a good time. And all, mm-hmm. and the ants are just always going to be ants. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So don't be one of those ants who's like, oh, well, then I left university and then I got my first internship in PR and now I'm the most senior in PR. And, and you know, I'm like, oh, and bore. You're, you're boring <laughs> me. I mean, no, I'm sure people that work in PR are fantastic. And also, to be clear, I picked a random profession there. I could have said... <laughs> Law. I just didn't want to pick anything that I thought was well, too. That goes us ever playing a PR festival in Birmingham, <laughs> doesn't it? 
There we go. I don't know why I think PR though. It could have been anything. It was random marketing. But it's because Ben worked in marketing and I panicked. Look, I know that any profession I say, I will have a friend that does it. So now I'm panicking because I'm like, oh, who do I not know? Um, A uh, project manager. I don't know any project managers. Those guys. I used to be a project manager. I'm sorry. Well, good for you, <laughs> Jermaine. And I'm glad. But then you became a grasshopper mole. And then you're an actress. And I, when I met you, right, good example. When I met you, Molly, I thought you were very funny and creative. We were doing an improv course. Kaylee was there. You know, we were all having a great time. We were having great fun being grasshoppers. If I mm-hmm. met you in a pub and I said, oh, hi, what do you do? And you went, oh, I'm a project manager. I'd be like, great to meet you. And then I'd walk <laughs> off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this lovely friendship we've got, Molly, which never have happened. So I know. I lost my point at the end there, but <laughs> don't be an ant, be a grasshopper. That was my point. Amazing. Thank you, Daisy. Kaylee, your response. So when you were telling me the story, I was completely in there. Like I loved this. The ants for me are the government. Mm-hmm. The grasshopper mm. is the arts. Yes. And the yes. moral of the story is retrain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah you're so, right so yeah i i think that we can probably try and be a hybrid of a grasshopper and an ant because both things mm. are important but i do love the grasshopper sitting there playing his fiddle <laughs> and not having any idea that a global pandemic is on its way and it's gonna rip all the fiddles <laughs> away from everyone and put them online <laughs> Oh, great. Thank you, ladies. Great first round where we had Kaylee time traveling. (laughs) If you were time traveling to the 30s, go specifically to February 18th, 1930, where you would have seen the International Aircraft Exhibition. It's in St. Louis and gotten some milk from the sky queen herself. Great. And then Daisy, don't be an ant, be a grasshopper. I One thing about your your tip, well, there's a lot of things about your tip, Kaylee, but (laughs) <laughs> One thing I started thinking about time travel. If you went and auditioned for Wizard of Oz, what if you got it and then you would change, you know, time in the future forever? Yeah. You know, what if you became Dorothy or you became the Ted Man? Like that would change forever. It would be weird if I did became become Dorothy and then I went back to my life and then I saw myself on the Wizard of Oz filmed yeah. in 1930. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, and there'd wow. be like a, a Hollywood story. Whatever happened to Dorothy? Yeah. The girl that played Dorothy. And then they'd talk about like the washed up girl that never happened. Judy Garland. Whatever happened to Julie Garland? She had so much potential but then failed to get Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Anyway, potentially changing the future. That's why time travel is dangerous. Okay. I was going to say, and also with Daisy's point, you both kind of said it, like basically the the grasshopper is the arts. And I think we all agree we need the arts. The arts are important. You know, need I remind you the most popular, the most well-known British person in all of history is not a politician. It's not a monarch. It is a playwright and an actor by the name of William Shakespeare. And that is just one of many examples why the arts are important and grasshoppers are important. And I guarantee you those ants enjoyed the grasshoppers fiddling while they were whittling away. Okay. I mean, I think there's a better way of phrasing that, but yes, I agree. <laughs> what do you mean? It's <laughs> just when you said the ants were enjoying the grasshoppers fiddling, it just made it all oh, sound like, a bit weird. But oh, yeah, like playing fiddling. the fiddle. Yeah, yeah, I got what you were saying. Okay. Making sure it wasn't like a euphemism. Like, oh no, did I do I don't euphemism? think fiddling is a verb for playing the fiddle, Molly. <laughs> Isn't it? And no. fiddling, I think, is a euphemism. Like, playing. Just, yeah. Yeah. What is playing. it? Playing, what, you play like, the fiddle, you fiddle. Well, if someone said they things. fiddled with me, yeah, I, it does sound like a positive verb. <laughs> or if someone said to me, "Do you like my fiddling?" I'd be like, "I'm, I'm not. I don't approve." <laughs> fair uh, point, ladies. Fair point. Okay, great round. So many thoughts. First of all, I'm going to give the two points to Daisy. Don't be an ant, be a grasshopper. Because here's what I'll say. Although Kaylee actually said it real, real well. It's actually what I was going to be. I was going to say maybe be a little bit of both. Because I think for a long time I was an ant because I did what I think I should have done. You know, I got a job right away. I started making money, but I was fucking miserable. Yeah, it was steady income, but a lot of times like it wasn't like the best job. I also was like sexually harassed by my boss, my first job. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was like, and I always did things because I thought I 
should. And then look at me now in my thirties, I'm doing actually what I, what I wish I had started doing in my twenties. And the twenties are a time that you can like enjoy and figure out yourself. There's like literally in your twenties, no one has any expectations for you. The expectations are so low. So use that to your advantage. Okay. Mm. Be the grasshopper. That being said, don't be, you know, don't, take advantage of other people, be able to like, you know, don't use people because you can't, aren't responsible and you can't pay for your bills and stuff like that. Be a responsible grasshopper. So be a bit of both, be an ant and a grasshopper, be the grasshopper. Explore, explore yourself. Not in a euphemism way, ladies, internally. Also. Figure out and have a good time. Yes, Daisy. Also, if you would like people in your 30s to reset their expectations and lower them back down, <laughs> just become unemployed and move in with your mum. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly they've got no expectations anymore. I can do anything. And they'll be like, you'll do really well, mate. You're living independently. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So being a grasshopper in your 20s will set you up for your 30s. And then Kaylee time traveled. I'm very, I'm very, I don't know what to say about this one because we literally had text messages about what we were doing, but I also found a little bit of joy in Kaylee's time travel thinking and depression. I did so, enjoy it too. I, have to I did admit. enjoy it too. Well, I, I'm just going to say it got the biggest laugh I've ever heard on the podcast. So <laughs> that's a success for me. It was well, funny. So you know what? Daisy Kayla, had to gonna... move away from the microphone and I saw her <laughs> leaning over for about three minutes laughing. <laughs> that, I'm, that, I'm winning. That's fine. Great. In that case, Kaylee, I'm going to give you another nod. So you have two nods two for nods. the show. <laughs> Zero points. And Daisy, you're ahead of two points as we go into round two. And with that, Kaylee, what is your second top tip for surviving your 30s? Okay, so at first I understood this topic. It's just another misunderstanding for me as how to survive your 30th. No, that works. I thought, great. I've yeah. done that. I've survived my 30th. Cool. However, it's how to survive your 30s. And I've got seven whole years left. And let me tell you... I'm, I'm like not getting morbid with it. I mean, it's just, I'm just finding the 30s quite difficult. They say life begins at 40. That's I've, I remember mom, my mum when she turned 40 was like, well, life just begins now, doesn't it? So what the <laughs> fuck was it all for before? <laughs> but I can think of the, the 30s are like the middle child, you know, the middle child Aww. syndrome, like getting no attention unless they're naughty. And then just being surrounded by dread. Like, what are they going to do now? What's that middle <laughs> child going to do now? The 30s are also known as the panic years. Did you guys hear that? I did yeah. not hear that. That was in my 20s for me, late 20s. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I just think that saying a whole decade is a panic decade is a bit much because it's like there's not going to be 10 whole years of panicking. There's just going to be mm. ups and downs, you know? But anyway, my second top tip is to read Dolly Alderton's um, Everything I Know About Love. Here it is. I'm holding it up. Oh, I've heard of that. I recommend reading this because it's a really quick and easy read and it's about a woman who hasn't achieved all the traditional societal things that mm. we're expected to do at 30 as Ooh, women. I love this book already. She takes us on a tour of her life through using ages as everything I know about love at 15, everything I know about love at 28. And then the last chapter is about being 30. And I, I found it really, really interesting because as much as I like to deny that I'm you know, because I, I do like to be spiritual and I like to be at one with myself. I'm not. <laughs> and I think like when you read somebody else's story about how they've also struggled with it, like, for example, like struggling with, yeah, like 30, what, what have I got? I'm a, at the time I was a teaching assistant. I was living in a house of seven people with just one bathroom. It was really messy. And, you know, having, having, nothing traditionally but also being rich in a lot of other stuff mm. which I'm not sure I appreciated as much so I'm just going to read you a little bit from it this is from page 329 329 329 okay. um, ladies and gentlemen let's open our bibles to page 329 <laughs> and I will read the sermon I didn't want to be weird about turning 30 being weird about turning 30 is a cliche. It's not feminist. It's not cool. It's not modern or progressive. It's heteronormative. It's hysterical. It's bourgeois. It's suburban. 
It's very predictable. It's too Rachel Green. It's princessy, precious, and completely pathetic. I didn't want to be any of these things. I was a nervous wreck about turning 30. So she basically talks about the pressures of turning 30. And I don't know about you guys, but I read these pages and maybe it will resonate. Maybe it won't. But sometimes I really have to tell myself, is this what I want or what I think I want or Mm. what I think society has hammered into me? Is this my dream or is this society's idea of what my dreams should be? Like I said before, I guess I'm rich in other things like friendship and improv (laughs) and great things to be rich in. (laughs) And I am a very deep person, but I like the shallow end. So (laughs) it's kind of a bit tricky. But there's another little bit in the book, which was quite nice about being 31. So Dolly's talking to Dolly's 30 and her friend's 31. And the friend says, nothing is weird for us to be doing anymore. Nothing feels like an extraordinary premature achievement. It's just what we're meant to be doing. She leant forward and pressed her forehead into the heels of her palms, her long golden hair falling in front of her face. 31, she said. How are we 31? I look at us and I can't see it. I can't see people in their 30s. Yeah, so it's just about like how 31 comes with more pressure than 30. And I guess... Why? But it's quite nice sometimes like to feel like you're not working, you're not trying to feel what you're feeling, you're just feeling it. And I think reading this book is a really good way to do that. Excellent. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your response. This actually is, firstly, it's an excellent tip, but also with the Dolly Alderton book, I recently started listening to that because I like to listen to books whilst I walk. But Mm -hmm. the woman, one of the problem I have with audiobooks is that if the narrator, and I don't think it's her herself who narrates it, but if the narrator has an annoying voice, I it's really distracting. And the woman who narrates it is just a bit whiny, so I stop listening. But I'm going to actually get the book to read because it sounds like a book I'd like, but I just don't wouldn't recommend it on Audible, but I'll send you the Audible in case you also like reading and walking. But yeah, I definitely related to the thing about the 30s being the panic years, because for me personally, I definitely do feel that as much as I just gave it the spiel about, you know, be a grasshopper. I found this year, the panic that I had that I did not anticipate was the like baby panic, because I have never I just didn't panic about it before it was like oh you know have kids when you have kids like that's fine didn't just didn't think about it I was like if it happens it happens if it doesn't you know yeah it doesn't then something uniquely this year made me like go oh my god it's not that I am not having a baby it's now that I can't because I can't look after myself now. I don't have a job anymore. I'm now, you know, and it was that thing of going, you know, I don't know, because we haven't, we were renting, rent so high, Mm. just that we weren't in a place to, like, obviously we've saved a bit this year, but like, it's just that panic of going when like when do you run out of time to have a kid and I don't even know what the answer to that is yeah and it's probably later than I think it is but I don't know what what is the age that women are meant to well not to freak you out but after the age of from 35 on you are considered a geriatric mother which I have learned but by who by who by doctors I'm not taking it, Molly. Yeah. Because <laughs> I cannot get my shit together by 35. That's only two years, Molly. Yeah, Girl, I know. You're preaching Same. to the choir, okay? <laughs> um, but I will say that, th- that things are changing because they used to be like, oh, like after 35, you're never going to have kids. Or if you have kids, mm. they're going to have all these, you know, medical issues. And And more and more women are having babies after 40. Wow. Uh, one of my best friends never wanted to have children, met a man, got married. Then she got pregnant, like boom. And mm. she adores her, her son. And she had him when, I mean, what if I was like, and she gave him up for adoption. That would be horrible, but she didn't, she liked him. Who knew? But yeah, she was 40 when that happened. 
It's always important to me to hear when parents love their kids just because I'm yeah. not unloved. So, uh... Well, exactly, right? Sometimes Molly. it doesn't happen, so it's good to know. <laughs> Molly, I laughed so hard, I ripped the cord out of my headphones, so I didn't hear what you said after. Imagine if I just came in with, so, yeah, she she actually gave him up for adoption. So, yeah, sad That's story. That's exactly sad what I said. ending. That's so but, funny. But it's not, that's not really what happened. But um, so no, I, you know, it's so funny. I said when Kaylee was like, oh, the, the 30s are supposed to be the panic years. And I was like, oh, no, my 20s were. No, now that I think about it, it was my 29th year was my panic year because I was about to turn 30. And I was panicking mm. about that. And everything you just said, Daisy, I completely agree with, with both of you. It's like this, especially with women, because, you know, we're the baby makers. So there's like all this extra pressure. Men never get asked in their thirties. Oh, so you think about having a baby better hurry before it's too late. Literally got that told to on my wedding day because yeah. I was in my thirties when I got married. How so old yeah. You when you got married, Mo? I was 32. Yeah. I was, yeah, I think I was this. No, I wasn't. I was 30, 31. Yeah. I think when did I get married? I don't know. I was, I was either 30 or 31, but I'm pretty sure I was 31. <laughs> Time people, has lost meaning. Also, can I just say, I'm not to distract from the show, but I think asking women, when are you yes. having your baby or have you got babies? Yep. I think we should ban that question. Like yep. just because I completely agree. I think it's quite rude. And what I've started doing is when people and ask men, when are you having a baby? Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, like it's such, it's so weird because women give birth, but I really like it when men get involved in the pregnancy and yeah. like sort of yeah. giving up alcohol alongside the women and yeah, yeah. or when, you know, the double mothers or double fathers. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Because women are expected to have the babies because they're the, the, the baby makers and whatever, which is a beautiful thing. But I think that's totally inappropriate because some women don't want to have babies and they shouldn't yeah. be shamed for that there's nothing wrong with that yeah also other women have a hard time getting pregnant or yeah, have exactly. miscarriages and so therefore you're bringing up painful memories yeah, yeah. yeah. That. or yeah. they've been, been in a relationship where they want to have like maybe they want to have a kid but they're they have they want to be in a mm -hmm. relationship and they're just not there yet and yeah. that's fine daisy you're about to Something. Oh, just what I, I totally agree with that. But what I've started doing is when people ask me that, making out that I hate children, even though I don't, <laughs> just because I find it, because it's never close friends that ask me. It's always yeah. like some like distant aunt or, you know, just woman from work. Like it's never someone very yeah. close to me. So what I do is just make out that I cannot stand children because it's so awkward <laughs> for the other person. And I feel they've made it awkward for me by asking the question. I will return that awkwardness by going like, do you know, the thing is I did think about having kids and then I remembered I hate children, <laughs> just all children. They just, their little hands, their little faces. Ugh not for me and then they go oh uh, right and I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I made this weird sure <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing okay thank you ladies thank you Daisy and with that Daisy what's your second top tip for surviving your 30s okay how to survive your 30s I was cleaning out my room only yesterday so this wasn't going to be one of my tips but then I found a note a real note from my mum which I'm showing she both now that my mum wrote to me just before my 30th birthday Aww. and bless my mum it is so lovely this no but also so funny so Aww. she has just entitled it epiphanies because I think I had come to my mum you know maybe mentally struggling so yeah. she wrote me a note about epiphanies she had that night about how I should live my life approaching my 30th birthday so this is this is advice from the top from mother earl okay one <laughs> you cannot control when you meet someone it's fate Online Aww. dating gives you the perception you can, oh God. but you can't. So focus on the things <laughs> you can change, which is so funny because it just sounds like, look, <laughs> you're single. You might be single forever. Just accept that. Okay. <laughs> so funny. Number I, I loved that because it started out so sweet and then it was like, 
online dating makes you think you're in control, but you're not. So just accept it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like this sweet, like you'll find the person when you find them. It's okay. But this is this whole, every one of these epiphanies is like classic creme de la creme, Scottish mothering. Number two, you'll (laughs) you'll attract the right person when your own house is in order. Now, (laughs) in context, this is my mum just digging at me because at the time, you know, I was like living in a single room in my friend's house, running around trying to be a comedian. Like that is just my mum being like, maybe, you know, get a proper job. Um, But (laughs) what's funny is my mum wrote this and three months later, I met my now husband and my life has not been in order whatsoever. (laughs) Like (laughs) my life is so disordered. It affects him his life and he still didn't leave me so actually the right person will put up with all your nonsense Mm -hmm. um okay number three (laughs) get excited about the things you can change healthy food (laughs) (laughs) exercise (laughs) making new friends didn't know she didn't like my friends so just wrote it down (laughs) getting a new job and controlling your spending (laughs) okay so are you a spender? Are you a big spender? May, I am terrible with money. This is how I ended up here. I, I lost all my money. Like, terrible at saving, terrible at spending. Gambling? Gambling. Well, I think though, I lost most of my money at the fringe. I think fringe uh, is like it's gambling. a big gamble. Like, do you mean it yeah. is just like high stakes? Because I lost like eight grand. Do you mean like it's a lot of... Mm. <laughs> makes me feel sick when I say it out loud. But anyway. Yeah. But this was well before the fringe. If I just listened to my mother and actually done a proper budget plan and, you know, she, she was right. But it's just funny that she put it in a note like healthy food, exercise, stop spending so much and then number four this is my favorite by the way it's the creme de la creme of mum advice don't make being happy your goal make being useful your goal being kind <laughs> or being helpful <laughs> i think you just need to do more than quote just being happy and i'm like oh thanks mum and then she put you are you're about to be only 30 you still have 365 days in a year. You are still young, which I think is Aww. so, but it's still, it's so funny. Cause it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yes, it's hilarious. you're a complete mess up now. I mean, I feel like the whole, if I was to summarize this note, it's like, you know what? I've been thinking you can't control when you meet someone, but if you are just a wee bit less fat and a little bit more in control of your money, you might get a man because what men don't like is fat, poor women. (laughs) And uh, she was wrong because I'm married. So suck it, dude. I'm joking. I, I, love my mum she's ace but I just thought it, <laughs> I, can I just say I imagine Molly. that's when your mum walks past the door and she hears I heard you saying suck it June <laughs> <laughs> yeah Molly we uh might have to edit that out because you know <laughs> I am currently living with my mum and I do not like homelessness so that disrespectful chat there I would like to say I <laughs> if mum is listening to this or you're the best mum ever I love you and I regret saying that out loud on the record so I'm just <laughs> saying that I did still meet someone despite my lack of money or thin figure thank you Daisy and thank you June for your tips and dirtiness. <laughs> Kaylee, your response. So I think that the creme de la creme of mum advice is a wonderful phrase. And I think that there's a lot of stuff you don't want to read in that letter as a birthday note. But I think the, <laughs> the key thing to take away is you're only 30. I think that's really nice because it yeah. is you are only 30. But like, I, th- I feel like my mum got the memo that she shouldn't be writing notes anymore. She should just be reusing memes because I got a letter from my mum, not a letter, a message from my mum this morning. And I just thought I'd read it out what she didn't write but is using that someone else wrote because she's like I just always say the wrong thing so (laughs) I'll just use something someone else said so it's a picture of Charlie Chaplin and the boy or the kid looking around the corner and it says when you are sad or upset always remember these points pain is part of growing everything in life is temporary worrying and complaining changes nothing your scars are symbols of your strengths every little struggle is a step forward 
Other people's negativity is not your problem. What's meant to be will eventually be. The best thing you can do is keep going. Now, I read that and I was like, that's really good, mum, because I never used to get stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) It it was always stuff like really backhanded compliments. Like, like it didn't really know what it is, but I thought, I think my mum's getting it. I think, I think my mum's growing. Yeah. I'm your mother. Listen to me. (laughs) Great. What is your mom's name, Kaylee? It's so funny. We know June's name, but. Ah, my mom's called Rosetta Fortune. Rosetta. Oh, I love it. Okay, cool. Excellent, ladies. Sorry. Can we just pause on Kaylee's mum's name? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kaylee, your name is Kaylee Fortune Cassidy. Yeah. Right? I always thought that Fortune was a stage name that you put in so people wouldn't find you on the internet who weren't linked to comedy. I kind of thought the same thing. Fortune's actually your mum's last name. Yeah, it's my mum's name now, her maiden name. I know my mum never changed her name when she got married. It's always been her name, Fortune. Fortune. I didn't know Fortune was a... I just thought it was a stage name. Yeah. So, so, and also, Rosetta Fortune I is know, an amazing I name. Know, yeah, I know. She, she missed out. Yeah. So what's really annoying is me and my sister have just got Cassidy. So I'm Kaylee Cassidy. My sister's Sharni Cassidy. My brothers are Niall Fortune Cassidy and Kean Fortune Cassidy. It's a bit of favoritism going on there mum and what's your other brother's name Niall Niall and what was the other brother and then Kean Kean see Niall Fortune Cassidy I think sounds like a cowboy yes and he is a cowboy so perfect (laughs) (laughs) I'm an American so I can I can vouch for that okay thank you ladies Uh, so for round two we have Kaylee Basically, it was another episode of Kaylee's Culture Corner, where she recommended reading from Dolly Alterton's Everything I Know About Love. And there's some lovely things. Look at page 329. And then I wrote for Daisy's uh, response, amen to everything Daisy said. (laughs) And then Daisy's top tip was suck it, June. Just kidding. It was creme de la creme of mom advice. June had some great, great advice. Basically, just be better than the person you are now and your 30s (laughs) will be good. Great. Amazing. So I think for this round, I have to give it to Kaylee. I just loved everything about that book, uh, which I liked. So I'm going to give two points to Kaylee for Dolly Alterton's Everything I know about love, which I'm going to probably read after I finish the book I'm reading now. I'm also going to give Daisy a point for, again, like everything she said and bringing up the good point about asking women about having babies and how inappropriate that is. And I'm going to give June a point for her attempt at comforting her daughter as she turns <laughs> 30. And I'm also going to give Rosetta Fortune a point for oh learning. God, a point. She'd be so She's happy. got a point. Yeah, she's got a point for learning and sending a good meme. I'm so pleased for my mom. I'm feeling so much pride for her. (laughs) (laughs) So as we go into round three, it really could be anyone's game. We have Daisy at three points, Kaylee at two points, Rosetta at one, June at one, and Kaylee has two nods, which means absolutely nothing, but just want to put it out there. Okay, Kaylee, what is your final top tip for surviving your 30s? Okay, so one of the funnest things I found about this topic is that I had to, uh, well, I just really enjoyed finding the different names for 30. So another one is Flirty 30s, which sounds like single like a Pringle. You know, (laughs) I feel single like a Pringle. It's like Pringles are never single. You can only eat them in massive piles and just crunch right through them. Hello. But anyway, flirty 30s. I don't think that we need outer proof that 30 is the best years of our life to feel validated by our age and where we are in our life. I think this is a life issue. Why can't we just know intrinsically in ourselves that it is okay to be the age that I am and where I am in life because I am that and I am there. So comparing yourself to 20 year old you and missing your 20s it's okay but nostalgia can keep you from being in the present even if Mm. you are single childless jobless living in a shared accommodation etc etc it shouldn't be judged as bad choices by you they are choices by you and you are you and you are where you are 
I just saw a lot of articles when I was researching this topic online about encouraging people to enjoy their 30s. And it made me a bit sad because why do we need to be pumped up and pep talked to enjoy an age that humanity has? You know, like, why is that? It almost creates a stigma around it in itself by being that that way. It's natural. Getting old is natural. Like being 30 is natural. Being 35, 6, 7, 8, it's natural. We go on that journey together. There's no avoiding it. Do we need to be reassured about getting older because Rihanna and Beyonce are older and they're happy? Like there's lots of articles like giving these celebrities as examples as nailing their 30s. So we can too. It's like, why do we need to see someone else's success to believe in our own because yeah. our successes are all so different so we I think that we need to look inside we I don't think we should seek assurance outside I don't think we should look at articles to help us feel our self-worth I think we should look inside and manage our self-worth by letting it blossom from within instead of reading about it because if you read something you'll probably forget it but if you feel something you won't you know, that will be a muscle memory inside you. So I did a Google of the top tips for being 30. And there was an article called 25 things you must know by 30, which I'm already hearing alarm bells. Oh my because, God. You know, what is this going to be? But I thought I would share with you the three most ridiculous ones. So okay, great. Number one was you can do whatever you want in life. So basically, you need to know that by 30 that you can do whatever you want in life murder someone you can do it you can do it you know go rob a bank you can do it you can do whatever you want in life whatever you want you can do and there's another one that says there is nothing wrong with charging money for your services like everyone's a volunteer until you turn 30 you know yeah so like I'm basically working for free yeah give me all the internships I'll do it but when I'm 30 I want a salary. And if you want to be successful, hang around with su- successful people. So basically, mm. everyone I've been hanging around with has been unsuccessful <laughs> because <laughs> I'm unsuccessful. <laughs> so um, success is apparently mm. as contagious as the coronavirus. And that was a big lesson that I learned from looking at that article. So yeah, I just believe that we can let things blossom from within instead of looking outside at buzzwordy articles that aren't really ever, we're not really ever going to truly listen to. Amazing. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your response. I, the main thing, so I totally agree. I don't like articles like that. One of the things that annoys me is that it's 25 things to know by the time you're 30. It's like, why not just do 30 things to know by the time you're 30? Like, lazy. And also, Uh. you're right. You can do what you want. Terrible advice. Not true. A bit like be yourself and live each day like it's your last. Just awful advice charge money for services yeah i think that's good advice to all people well not all people but you know prostitutes and anyone who wants to make a living <laughs> great great advice hang around successful people the problem with that is i i see the logic of it is what then by osmosis you'll become more successful but you might but you also might just become more bitter or become acutely aware that all your friends are quite irritating because sometimes I like people who are successful, but quiet about it, almost quiet enough that I wouldn't necessarily know how successful they are because they don't go on about it. Because I think that like all of my friends, they are, some of them are successful, some of them are less successful, but it's never, I think if that becomes what a person's about or what your friendship's about, then those people are really tiring. Like people that mention their own salary or something casually in a conversation. And I'm like, oh, I'm out. I just... That's so funny because I ask people their salary sometimes. What's your salary? (laughs) When I know that they've got a three-bedroom house in Hampstead Heath, I'm like, sorry, what's your salary? And they're like, two million a month. I'm like, Yeah, but also I think so often a more accurate question was what was your parents salary and what was their parents salary and what was their parent because I'm amazed how often those people like I think the bank of mum and dad the fact that it's never spoken about I'm like yeah okay (laughs) we'll see okay thank you Daisy and with that Daisy what is your final top tip for surviving your 30s okay final top tip is I want to talk about the film 13 going on 30 have you guys seen this film (laughs) yes yes Okay, so 
2004 film, 13 Going on 30. It has Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo in it. And basically, I'll just quickly recap the plot so we're aware what I'm talking about. So it's American chick flick and basically... 13-year-old Jenna, who's played by Jennifer Garner, because, you know, imaginative, she wants to be popular. So she invites the popular children around to her her house for her 13th birthday by agreeing to do their homework. Then her best friend, Matty, makes her a doll's house. So she goes into a cupboard to play Seven Minutes in Heaven, which is an American game where I think you, it's children kissing each other. You guys don't have that here? No. Or do you have it, Kaylee? I don't, I wasn't aware of it. What is that, kissing in a cupboard? Seven Minutes in Heaven. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So basically it's where American children kiss each other in cupboards and that's just something that's in the film. So anyway, so she goes into the cupboard thinking she's going to kiss a popular boy, but then the popular children leave and they take the homework that she did for them with her. She then, the her friend, Matty, who lives next door, has made her this doll's house, but she has a tantrum because the kids are gone and she's embarrassed. So then... She basically has a little cry and says, I wish I was just 30. Like, I wish I wasn't a kid anymore. And because the doll's house is magical, she then ends up being 30. But the problem is, is that 30-year-old Jenna, having been horrible to her friend and then made friends with these inverted commas popular girls, now works for a magazine called Poise. And this magazine, she runs with her friend Lucy, one of the popular girls. But her and Lucy aren't really very good friends. They're total Mm -hmm. frenemies, always trying to screw each other over. She then, because she's 13 in her mind, goes to find Matty, who's now a photographer, about to get married and she realizes that she's been 30 year old her has been having affairs like screwing over colleagues she's not really a nice person and she just wants to hang out with Matty she falls out and falls in love with him again then she tells him this the day before he gets married to someone is about to get married to someone else proving that she is a monster and has (laughs) learned nothing she learned nothing she went ahead in time realized she's having affairs she's doing this and that finds a childhood friend he says he's about to get married she doesn't go oh what a shame i'm too late she's like well i'll just tell you that i'm in love with you and act all doe-eyed so i'm not a fan anyway On the wedding, on his wedding day, he gives her back the doll's house that he's kept for like all these years because, you know, that's what a normal adult would do. And then she basically goes back to her parents' house, has a bit of cry, and then she goes back in time to 13. And then she rips up the homework that she did for the popular kids, gives Matty a hug and like, you know, the moral of this chick flick is basically behave badly your whole life. Get to 30, realize you behave badly, behave more badly. And then you can just go back, start all over again just by getting what you want. So she doesn't at any point have to question Maybe I should be a nicer person. Maybe I shouldn't screw over all my friends. Maybe these are just the consequences of my action. No, no, it's a chick flick. She could just rewind time and just be a pretty woman running around in high heels because those are all, and I don't want to slag off Americans, Mole, okay. because you're one of my favorite people slash Americans, and I've got other favorite Americans, but something about chick flick specifically, I'm not <laughs> all right with. So my <laughs> advice is if you get to your 30s and you realize you are a monster, in real life, thankfully, <laughs> We do not have magic dolls houses. So just reflect upon your behavior. Be a better person. The end. (laughs) Thank you, Daisy. Kaylee, your response. I really like how I started with time travel and Daisy ended with it. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) It was amazing. So my top tip would work alongside Daisy's. I I didn't do the seven, seven seconds of heaven. I've never heard of that, but... My, I remember being in a cupboard with a boy called Joshua Lala when I was maybe four. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, no, that's not his name. I remember Wait. we came. That's his name. What is his name? His name's Joshua Lala. Yeah, well, that's because he had a big second name and we just called him Joshua Lala. Oh, okay. So I thought you meant his name. I don't know Lala. his okay. surname. I only know him okay. as Joshua Lala. Oh, poor Joshua. But we came okay. out of the cupboard and my mum was like, oh. <gasps> They've been in the cupboard. What have you been doing? They've been kissing. <laughs> They've been kissing. And then everyone was saying we'd been kissing. And I don't think we've been kissing, but in the memory, <laughs> I now think that we've been kissing because of the big hoo-ha our parents yeah. and all the other people at the party said about it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, Kaylee and Joshua. Amazing. So for round three, we have Kaylee Nostalgia. La, 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 la. In your 30s, <laughs> do you like that? Nostalgia can, can, nostalgia can keep you back. And you should seek assurance inside yourself and not look 
on external reasons. You should find self-worth and blossom within. And then we have Daisy with her lovely summary of 13 going on 30, starring Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo, of if you're a terrible person, reflect on that and change yourself. It's not that hard. Do it. Both of these are actually, it's actually, they're both very close to each other because there's a lot of reflection I'm feeling, which I think is good in your 30s. I think the 30s give you a lot of time to reflect. I remember when I was turning 30, kind of a theme what we've talked about. I did not enjoy my 30th birthday. I thought it was a loser for various reasons we don't have to go into. But I remember talking to my oldest brother and he was like, no, trust me, your 30s are your best because you start to learn, like know yourself better and start to go after what you want and be more secure with yourself, which I think is true. So Ah, so honestly, like I really like both of these. I feel like this that reflection with Daisy and like self-worth with inside yourself and nostalgia and not something I do. I could just be talking about myself here, but I feel like I still kick myself for decisions I made in my 20s because I haven't set myself up for my 30s. And it's like, no, 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 no. So I really like both of these. So I'm gonna give you both two points, but it doesn't matter because that means Daisy wins five to four. So Daisy, you have survived your thirties, June and Rosetta. You're still at one point each. Kaylee lost (laughs) at four points, but you still have those two nods, but again, they mean the world to me. (laughs) Excellent. Congratulations, Daisy. Do you have any, any comments, any reflections? She always has something to say. On this one, I don't because I'm actually in real life. I mean, I'm glad I survived them in the podcast, but in real life, quite worried about my future because <laughs> I'm age 33 <laughs> and I was a stand-up. So yeah, glad I got the win, you know, at least in this. That's that's something. Now I just yeah. need to do it in my actual life and everything will be fine. Thank you. This has been How to Survive Your Life, How to Survive Your 30s. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at How the Number Two Survive Pod or on Facebook at How to Survive Your Life. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this and maybe tell a friend. Maybe tell the next birth, uh, 30th birthday party you go to on Zoom or wherever that is. We would appreciate it. I am, I'm trying to think of a 30 thing, but I can't. I'm just Molly. I'm Molly and I am proud of it because I'm in my 30s and I am Molly. And that is Daisy and that is Flirty 30 Kaylee. We will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Theme music by Jazar. Daisy got her references from Aesop Fables. So an ancient Greek man called Aesop who was around in ancient Greece and 13 going on 30 which you can just google it's a film Kaylee got her references from wikipedia history today dolly alderton's book everything i know about love flashpack and roger's blog 